Hello and welcome to another Cage Club Revisited. This is Revisited episode number 38, Raising Arizona from 1987. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Menzi. And this is our first Cage Club Revisited of 2019. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Cage. Happy New Cage. Last year we saw eight new Cage movies come out this year. Who knows what the year will hold. Uh, These episodes are meant to be listened to while you watch the movie. Today we are watching the Blu-ray of Raising Arizona, if you want to listen to our original episode, which we've said on a bunch of episodes, mm-hmm. our original episode of Raising Arizona is not good, uh, yeah. because we did not really, we were not in the groove yet, we did not take enough notes, it was very short, but if you want to listen to that original episode, episode 10, Cage Club Prime, episode 10, but here we go, we're going to start Cage okay. Club Revisited, number 38, Raising Arizona, three, two, one, play! All right. And here we go. Early Cage, going back. So this one is noteworthy, of course, for many reasons, obviously, but uh, because the title comes in like 14 minutes in or something like that, so we will have <laughs> to see great. how many how many squares can we can we bingo before oh the title, the title card. card great voiceover if you have voiceover somewhere it's one of Cage's classic voices <laughs> just shoved into the frame what a great entrance. Tempe, Arizona. All right. So, prison. Edwina. Prison Holly Hunter story. herself. Cage's top build. Check. He's got that list. Uh, if you have Cage in jail, I do. Obviously. Oh, man. That. So, I have two in a row already, but there's wow. titular lines spoken, but I don't think they ever say, we're raising Arizona. <laughs> Cage voiceover. Let's see. Oh, wow. I do not have... Uh, well, we're not there yet, but an attractive woman will find Cage irresistible. Um, whoa. This is a tough card. Oh, it's going to be tough. Someone returns from another movie, but someone's going to show up again. Well, that's that counts. That's, you know, it's either yeah, a prequel yeah. or a sequel or whatever. <laughs> This movie's got such a unique rhythm to it. <laughs> like, almost feels at this part when the music stops and the voiceover stops that that's it, and then it dives right back into it. <laughs> so this is, you know, there's a, we have a, a bingo card. So if you Short want to play stuff. Cage Club Bingo with us, go to cageclub.me slash games, download the bingo card there. Um, there's a, there's a square that we have on here, a Cage Club Podcast Network crossover. We have not yet done the Coen Brothers for Cinemakers. We will one day, so I'm not going to cross that off. But one day, at some point, we'll he's cover all the Coen Brothers. Great shirts in this. Look at that ship in a bottle shirt that he's wearing. I never noticed before. I thought it was just another Hawaiian shirt. I also wonder, like, you see how, like, the background and stuff looks bluer. Like, I wonder if they, like, played with the tinting of, the, you know what I mean? Like, the, just to, to amplify the craziness of... Let's see. The grid of the... Height grade looks offset a little. Man, that hair is just incredible. Yep. He is the woodpecker. Oh, we were just talking, we just recorded the episode of Between Worlds <laughs> for Cage Club Prime. We were talking to Megan and Sean of Cagerama, which is happening very soon in Glasgow. Oh, yeah. And we were talking about the Woody Woodpecker pins in Valley Girl that both Cage and uh, Deborah Foreman have, so... Woody Woodpecker all over yep. Cage's early films. 
I can't believe this is only his tenth movie. And then there's the his tattoo is a version of Woody Woodpecker, which was like a famous mud flap, I guess, in the eighties or so. That thing right there. Yeah, I wouldn't mind getting that tattoo myself. <laughs> you know, it'd be cage related, it'd be film related. There we go. I think a good cage Don't... tattoo. You know, I've had it on the on the. I bought a notebook with it that I was going to use, or that I might have used for taking notes. But it's a, it's his mugshot. Oh yeah, from this movie, where it's just like the hair, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that. There's that drawing that's gone around. That I think that would be kind of a cool tattoo. Because there's a lot of iconic Cage looks and hairstyles and stuff. Yeah. Like that's one of the big ones. Something I don't think we mentioned on that Between Worlds episode. Um, visible tattoos all abound on. Oh, Cage. true. There's also Lots a line I was stuff. reading reviews on Letterboxd, and somebody mentioned about uh, peach-soaked something, and I was just like, oh, oh I didn't even catch that line in the movie. That. Yeah, yeah that, peaches. Gotta comb through that gem again. I love the the sideburns are just incredible. Oh man, so great! Such a great look to his character. I like. So this is you know he's essentially just robbed a, a, a shop and the he's same one over and over. Nowhere near. <laughs> not only did he lock himself out of his car, but he parked there nowhere near the door. Well, I like it. Like that's. Something about this movie, and I think the Coen Brothers' style when they something they can do is um, just like it's well, just a this, matter. Oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I yeah. love the shot where he just puts the ring oh, on yep. while he's fingerprinting her. Like this shot, for instance. Like there's just um, you know they they could break reality or they could do like a this is almost like a cartoon, you it know. Is, so yep. that's what I was saying. It's like maybe he is right across the street from the shortstop that he was robbing, but for the sake of the joke. You just want to see him run into frame and not open his car. Yeah. It's like we talk about on Too Fast, Too Forever, the Fast and the Furious podcast, about how in Fast Five they're like, we need cars, and all of a sudden you just like, the cars come in. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, we know what's happening. Like, we don't need to see, like, it's sort of a shorthand. Yeah. Like, sure, you want to see the street race in Fast and Furious, but like... Hershey Bar, I never saw that before. Product oh, placement. On the floor. There's a lot there of, like, visual repetition in this movie, too, which yep. adds to a lot of the comedy of it as well. Because so far we are like six minutes in or something, and he's been arrested three times by robbing the same place three times. Yeah. Edwin has taken his photo three times, lying in prison third, with a cellmate. Third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. Have you seen the Ballad of Buster Scruggs yet? No, I was told yesterday by a friend to watch it as soon as I could. So, it's the new uh, Coen Brothers movie on Netflix. There are, it's I like want to say, Western five anthology. or six stories mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, the... The two, my two favorite ones are the two first ones. They're the shortest. I think they're the best. Or maybe, maybe they're two of my three. But they're they're up and down. I mean, every anthology is sort of up and down. But you know, Buster Scruggs, played by Tim Tim Blake Nelson, yeah, is the first one. But I watched it. I was like, oh, this would have been a great Cage one too. Like because he just he's just like the singing, you know, quick draw in the West. And I was like, that would have been great. <laughs> I love the guns and the ribbons and the. Don't forget your bouquet, Ed. Okay, then. Cops. All of his relatives have, like, Hawaiian shirts on. I didn't and all that. of her friends are cops? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Opposite sides of the law. This is really a Romeo and Juliet type movie. Yeah. I guess it could be. If Romeo and Juliet, like, went on and lived, right? Like, what kind of marital troubles would they have? You know, when we recorded our first episode of uh, Cruise Club, which comes out tomorrow. Oh, man. January 4th. Endless Love. We had, uh, God, I already forget their names. Diana? No, hold on. 
I I was I surprised myself when we recorded that episode that I was so like I was Shields? able to know Brooke Shields' character is uh, Jade, Jade and Martin is Dave and Martin Hewitt is plays David, but I was like Jay like because Jay I think Jade Juliet but like he plays David he's not he's not, like, not you know, no close Robert to Romeo or yeah or you know what I mean like, lots of great shots here one after the other just such good images the shot of Cage watering the lawn like holding the hose made me think of the latest. Scene of Cage with a water hose Mm -hmm. between worlds. That's a Cage connection that's unexpected. And that's why we do this, Mike. That's why we go back and we just draw these connections between his 10th and his, like, 91st movie. If we somehow recreated those pictures they had, like those velvet deer nature paintings, I'd love to have one of those. Or just, like, the entire wall of her baby photos. Yeah. Just like there. All the tricycles in their yard and stuff. So this is like pretty much the whole first reel before we get to the title card. There's such an incredible amount of story told before we even get to the credits, right? Like, yeah, it's the ultimate her, montage. He, they, she, he like, can, like, you know, he woos her, they fall in love, they get married, they begin, a, they begin their family, we find out that she's barren, and we're still nine minutes, you know what I mean? There's yeah. so much story that's happened all the while, like, the theme song sort of building in and, and playing in the background. Keeping that common thread. I love the wardrobe in this movie, too. How they're dressed for different occasions and how other people are dressed up. Even that guy's wearing a great suit. I don't know if you're noticing, but the subtitle has his name as High, capital H, lowercase I. Which Yeah, I thought that was... Isn't that what it was? Well, it's H-I. Like, I think, it's, I think it stands for something. H dot I dot. I think. Oh, I, I think. think. Oh, okay. H-I McDonough. I thought that was just oh, shaves. shaves. I thought that was just sort of their accent, like because he only had two letters to his name. Like if your name was Bo, they'd call you B O or something. <laughs> Maybe. Well, Bo knows football. Bo knows baseball. Mm-hmm. There's some guy who just won. I think he won the Heisman Trophy in college football for being like the best player of the year, and he's not playing the NFL. He's playing in. Major League Baseball. He said he would he would play both, but his his agent was just like, no, he's just playing baseball. But like that's still like a remarkable to me that when you know, today in this world that there's still people who are able to like when I feel like people are specialized mm-hmm. from the time they're like four or five to do one like you know the the alpha dads and whatever that like the no you're gonna play football and like we're gonna do everything but like the, that somebody can be drafted and play baseball and sign like a major league contract but also be good enough at college football to like win the highest. like that's crazy to me. Yeah, it just seemed it would be harder in this day and age. Less opportunity for that kind of crossover. So now we have a box on the Cage Club bingo board. Another movie plays in this movie. It's not another movie playing, but they are watching TV. I feel like we might want to change that to... They watch TV or a movie plays. Because like in Mandy, when when they watch the Cheddar Gob... Well, I guess they do watch... They watch a movie. They watch an actual movie too, yeah, but... I hear what you're saying. I mean, I'm not going to cross it off here, but it's considering for uh, a future update to the Cage Club bingo boards available at cageclub.me slash games. This is great, too. He just even steals the paper. <laughs> great shirt. Like, how long do you think that character was standing there to save a quarter? Right. All day. Like, I'm going to go get the paper, be back in a couple hours. Here we go. I never realized how, like, conspicuous <laughs> rope tying a ladder or, like, you know, bungee cording a ladder to your roof is, but here we go. 
Yeah, I wish I could yodel like that. Looks really nice in the Blu-ray. Title card. Boo. Someone plays a musical instrument. No, that's, I uh, guess, off-screen. I think later they might. But it's great how they like had a consistent theme throughout this movie. Like how this turns into... Like another song at one point, and then back into this song, and just all the the finger picking on the banjo is just great. Would you say that in that opening we had a dramatic tonal shift from like sort of comedy to like her saying "I'm barren," mm, or not, or I not quite know. dramatic enough? I mean, it kind of reminded me of Up, the opening of Up, when. Mm. Um, this is interesting because the oh, wife... Oh, you have subtitles. They the, just, you know, okay. they put up their... The wife just had five kids, and look at her. She's, like, totally back in shape and normal and totally fine, just, like, back to the, reading her Dr. Spock book or whatever. You know, and no one's watching the kids. Well, I think they're supposed to be asleep, right? But you would think they'd hire a nanny or two. They have the money for it. It's a cool bass lamp behind them. Cage not on screen with an animal, but the Arizona couple on screen with an animal. Not a whole like I think what I was trying to get around to earlier. Not a whole lot of coverage. Like it doesn't cut very quickly all the time. Like it's nice. I think that's just something that older movies tend to do more, right? Uh, yeah, and Coen Brothers, I think in general, just for the story they're telling, they know how to shoot and cut it in a different way. If I also feel like, yeah, if you're, if you're able to shoot it this way, like, it makes editing so easy, right? Like, you're just like, oh, this is the shot where it's going to take so 45 seconds or whatever. If I'm not mistaken, this was shot by Barry Sonnenfeld. Okay. So he went on to do, like, Men in Black and uh, Get Shorty and stuff. Did so. you know there's... Com- I think we talked... No, I, def- I sent it to you. I, I forgot that it happened, that they're doing the Men oh. in Black International with uh, yeah. Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth, so... And Liam Neeson. So we got Valkyrie, Thor... Has Liam Neeson played a superhero? Not yet. Not in the Marvel or DC. How oh, he was Dark Man, but that was a Sam Raimi mm. creation, like, entirely on its own. Oh, he was in Batman, right? He was uh, Raja Oh, Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. But again, that's not a current universe. Yes. This is great. Cage with all the babies. This must have been a crazy day to shoot. Like, how many babies do you think that they had to have five on screen? That's a good question. Like, yeah, they probably each needed a twin, right? But then maybe they were like triplets and... Well, I wonder if this is almost like the audition process. Like, you know, we need <laughs> babies here, right? So we have like, say we have ten babies for the five, but then for the rest of the movie there's just one, so they're like, okay, the three best ones That's are going to be Nathan Jr. All right, yeah. Although realistically, there's not that many shots where there's all five or more than really one on screen, right? Like, it's he's usually right. just carrying one around. Yeah. And they're supposed to be identical quints. Mm-hmm. It'd be funny if it was just, like, all five babies that they had, and then they just, you know... Used all five them. for the rest of the movie? Yeah. Because, like, this shot and the earlier shot is, like, one of the only shots with all of them really in it. Well, such a cool pan around to see all the... Yeah. All them little babies... This this scene reminds me of, like, Muppet Babies, the TV show, because mm-hmm. they just, like, run around the nursery. It was, like, an enormous nursery room. Yep. Baby on the loose. It's like a chase move. It's just, like, they're so... He's outnumbered, yeah. Yeah. It's the hardest thing he's ever stolen. 
Well, it's the only thing he ever, he ever steals he doesn't get caught for, right? Yeah, I didn't notice how sweaty it was on his neck before. I, there's a lot in this Blu-ray I'm noticing for the first time. There's a gummy bears stuffed animal over there. Interesting, from the Disney show. All the little toys and stuff. I watched... Oh, I thought this said Holly Hunter on a board game or something. It says Holly something. Um, I watched Die Hard last night in 4K, and <laughs> there's like it, it looks nice, but it, like I don't know, I, don't, I really don't know how much you can really do to upscale from like a from film old film, film, old movies, film yeah. to 4K. Yeah, but there's like, scenes like you know when when they're on the plane, right, and like Bruce Willis is freaking out at the very very beginning, right, and yeah. then, like the guy Take next off to him, the like, shoes, yeah, and... make fist to toes. There's these two shots or three shots of like. Bruce Willis, like, looking to his left at the guy, like, you're basically in the guy's perspective. Okay. And they're, like, such, like, low-quality handheld shots. I was like, this is so weird. Like, they're, like mm-hmm. it doesn't even look, like, even if it wasn't 4K, even if it was just, like, DVD or VHS or even the theaters, you'd be like, that's weird. Huh. Because like, everything else is, like, so beautifully shot yeah. by Jan DeBont of Speed. Shout out right. to Jan Club. But the rest of it, it like, just those two shots, I'm just like, oh, We are not far away from maybe my favorite line from any Cage movie. What, really? And it's not even the Cage line. Who says it? Maybe I can guess it. Holly Hunter. <laughs> I need a baby, huh? I'm going to say Cage is exasperated broken man here because he is, you know, beginning to... What have I gotten myself into... Yeah, his wife, who was a law enforcement agent, oh, is look, now... Oh, that's such a good shot. Cage on screen with an animal. Wait, that's a stuffed animal. Yeah, it does. We never, we never clarified. I gotta keep keep an eye out for a bunny. Baby POV. So, other Cage... Bouncing baby So, POV. who was it? John Forsythe returns in the future, right? And does, doesn't does uh, John Goodman also, if I'm not mistaken? Or am I mistaken? John Goodman's been in, like, 150 things. I can't remember who in this comes back. I crossed it off because you had, you had mentioned it, so I just took your word for it. Oh. Let's see. He's been in 157 things. If he doesn't cross over... Well, he was in Atomic Blonde, which we covered. Not for this. <laughs> what else has he been in that we've covered for anything? He's in the video game Rage, not the Cage movie Rage, aka Tokarev. I gotta get a copy of Tokarev proper, like a like a I don't foreign know. copy. Do they exist? Well, I'm sure in in other countries, right? It was Tokarev, so maybe like a region two, maybe. I know accentuating an oddly specific word is all over this movie, but. Oh, John Goodman's in Bringing Out the Dead. Yeah, I knew it. I knew. I knew. Big Lebowski, which PSH I covered. I think we just missed the line. Yeah, we just missed the line, Mike. Aha, uh-huh, I love it. That's I love it. Situating. I know you do. No, but that's my that's so... my favorite. That's my favorite line. I think in the Cage movie. Her just crying and sobbing. I love him so much. And he's been in like six or seven Coen Brothers movies, which I guess... Your lights you know, just I went knew. off on your tree. Was that timed? Timer. Oh, okay, then. Yeah, we are recording this in 2018 before well, my tree is down. keep their trees up afterwards for yeah. a little. Love all the, uh, like, the velvet 
paintings and stuff. Like, there's one of an eagle. I've only really seen ones of Elvis, so... See all these different landscapes, it's pretty funny. <laughs> He's a little outlaw. He's like my little, my future little scholar right here. Ooh. <laughs> Dad Cage is great. Like, we had just done the um, that Christmas movie where he becomes a dad and... Family man. Family man. He's great with kids. Like, that's... I'd love to see him nowadays with kids. Grandpa Cage, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's, I think, what we're going to sort of have to get to. I mean, we were talking about in Snowden where he was sort of a metaphorical dad Mm -hmm. to Snowden. But he hasn't played dad a ton. I mean, I guess he sort of plays, in a way, stepfather in uh, Between Worlds, <laughs> except then he starts banging his, you know, his girlfriend's daughter, what? who could be the possessed, uh, his 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 father? Maybe his dad, possibly his wife. Probably not. When Sean suggested I was like, what? I'm like, what I, is happening? I followed that train of thought, though. I thought that was interesting. I like that what? Oh, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I don't, it's not that I don't love it. I was just like, how do you come up with that? Like, that is just like bananas. <laughs> Oh, Cage Club Podcast Network crossover, of course, because uh, Goodman plays uh, Walter in Big Lebowski. Okay. So that's something. Dude. The dude abides. So I'm thinking here, if a woman's attacked, there's a dramatic tonal shift and Cage laughs maniacally, I'll win. Bingo. If a woman's attacked and someone plays musical instrument, I'll win. I don't think I'm winning again. I mean, Cage is a guy, I mean, Gold standing on something weird and cry. I know he's going to cry at one point. I, would, I think you could cross off Gold because her, her wedding ring is gold. You can slip that on there. I'll give you that Was one. it Gold? All right. What's well, a gold band? All right. I can check. Is it? Oh, yeah. They're wearing gold bands. Oh, I also want that great... picture on my wall as like mm-hmm. a family photo. This is great prison escape. Again, all like mostly one shot or so. There's one box I have in my thing that I'm glad that I'm not going to be able to check off. Not that this movie would ever really... Like, I don't know if there's any uh, a version of this movie that would use it, but bad CGI. It's, like, I know. You know just, yeah, it's not going to be in this movie. It's all like low-key and practical and being birthed. Like, this is a special effect, you know? Like, the way the earth, they're coming out of the earth like that and stuff. But that's an old school. (laughs) He's amazing. I love it. So here's what... uh, Listener, a king of a listener in on something. I was about to say something to Mike before we started recording. I'm like, let me just save it for the show. Uh, I watched last night, and I finished it this morning for the first time ever, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, okay, Clarence, and... Of course, and what I realized, what boggles my mind a little bit, is that the internet is obsessed with arguing endlessly over whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and this is not really a Christmas movie to last ten minutes. Right. (laughs) They mention Christmas like an hour in. Yes. But the whole movie is like just his life, like it's just not... Yes, but it's... It's more... The meaning of the movie coincides with the meaning of Christmas more. It's like... 
it, it's like if Scrooge, you know, like a Christmas Carol with Scrooge. I also saw Scrooge for the first I time I feel like that too. doesn't even have to be a Christmas take place at Christmas. That could be any day of the year where you're just changing your frame of mind and the way you think about things through like. The hol- and that is like what the holiday movies try and do, I feel. And they equate it to Christmas more often. I'm going to come back to that in a second, but I just saw on the, the wall for the first time, there's a bumper sticker, looks like, or a sign that says, we aim to please, will you please aim in the bathroom? <laughs> so Pretty good. I love that. So, okay, so here's, so I, I messaged this to my fancy baseball thread, take a drink, and my one friend said, it's a wonderful life, like it's just a plot device that takes place on Christmas. He said, but... It's essential to the story of Die Hard because if it was literally any other day of the year, the office would have way too many people in it and they wouldn't be able to rob it. Yeah, but they could also do it after the office is closed. I think, you know, wasn't well, it they, a, I mean, the, the, wasn't it an accident that they were having a Christmas party and they all came in and Hans Gruber I don't and think so. Or he wanted the guy to be there. He, he wanted the guy to Takagi. be there. Okay. He had the safe. I haven't seen it in a, oh, a couple years. But oh. I hear you. I mean, no, but like technically, they could have kidnapped him at his house and dragged him to Nakatomi Plaza in the middle of any random night. Like, I, I don't know that that movie taking place on Christmas changes the story fundamentally. It could just be John McClane is flying out to reconcile with his wife. The place gets a lot taken of over. Though, I suppose that like I think they really figured out they could lean into the idea that it's Christmas halfway through the movie when they start playing. Like into it a lot more. Ho ho ho! I got a shotgun now, and like the music when the vault opens. Yep. And... I mean, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna argue it's not if you want it to be. Oh, it absolutely you know, is. I don't really. I'm just care saying one that, way like, or the other. like I understand, like the theme of a movie could be Christmas, and like the the the, the basically being thankful for what you have and everything, but like. It's a Wonderful Life is considered, like, the Christmas movie, and yeah, it's I'm, barely set at Christmas. It's more, I never really, I never really cared for it, to be quite honest, but it's more of, like, this weird-ass, like, time travel movie, almost. Like, it's more of, like, a sci-fi movie for me, like, well, at there's, the there's, end. There's, there's a scene where, at the end, spoilers for It's a Wonderful Life, but I think I'm the only person who has not seen it on the planet, so now check, um... There's a scene at the end where, like, Clarence comes down and he makes George Bailey, like, disappear. And, like, there's this like, camera that, like, where he turns in the camera. It's like, that's straight Twilight Zone. Like, that's just, yeah. like, where he, like, realizes that the weight of the world is, like, the things that changed fundamentally in his life. Um, or not in his life, in the world's life, you know. Uh, but, yeah, that's... It was... Uh... Also, you got to remember, at the time, what else was there? 42nd Street, or not 42nd, Miracle, but on... Miracle on 34th Street, yeah. like, was maybe the other Christmas movie that was out at the time, and, like, that actually did have, like, they put Santa on trial, like, that you can't dispute, but, yeah, I mean, I just feel like there weren't a lot, so, like, that probably just got... You know, it was the diehard of its day, right? Where it's like, well, well, there's a tree, and there's some decorations, and they mention Christmas a bunch, so, like, it's a Christmas movie. Because yesterday I watched four Christmas movies, uh, two for the first time, two repeat, but like there's the only one of them was really a hunt, a full-blown Christmas movie, and that's Scrooged. But like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Die Hard, and I still think It's a Wonderful Life, they all fit in that, like, mm-hmm. yes, it's, it's a Christmas movie, which I agree, but it's not, you know, like Scrooged, where it's, like, Scrooged is just Christmas Carol, like that's, right. yeah, that Updated. story. Yeah. 
So I, but I was looking on Letterboxd as I reviewed uh, It's a Wonderful Life, and everybody that I follow gave it either four or five stars, except for Chris Mattiello gave it two and a half. Uh, yeah. He gave it from two to two and a half, and I was like, that's like the least surprising thing that mm-hmm. I could have imagined. That that's kind of how it. I feel about it. If I ever watch it again, which I don't think I will anytime soon, I could probably give it around two Two and a half stars. I, I just five. again, I'm not. I'm not a big Jimmy Stewart fan. Like in those, I like him more in westerns. I just don't. I don't know. It's 72 years old, and yeah. it's still incredibly watchable. That's yeah. my. That's my argument. Yeah. That like anything like nothing we do. Nobody's been listening to these podcasts in 70 years. If you are, email mailbag <laughs> at cageclub.me. Let us know. Uh, you know, I will be 103. <laughs> But I will maybe you know get that email to my my brain computer. Fire? Do we have fire on your on your list? No, I don't think so. I pretty much memorized the the card right now. So across off Cage freaks out because he is having a nightmare. He's freaking out a little bit. Magic and mysticism because he's having a vision of the future. Oh, this guy's definitely magic. Premonition. Mama did love. Oh, Cage drinks alcohol. They have beers before. I missed. Oh, there's a bunny. Peaches or bunnies? Oh, I got that too. The bunny oh, in the Cage's box. Oh, Cage on the phone. He called, talked on the phone before. I'm still not going to get it because Cage just produced this. This is before Saturn Films. This poor bunny. It, we're in a, I'm in a weird position right now, Mike, because I want bad CGI, but I don't want bad CGI. Look at how unnecessary digital effects were before you even knew they existed. Look, they do this shot. It's great. You can't do that better with a computer. Fire, uh, flower catching Definitely fire. not in between worlds computer technology. Um, well, I think that was supposed to be more symbolic, but yes, that was very bad. But no, but it's absolutely symbolic. However, if they had more money, you think that they would have thrown more money at that? Yes. Like, that's I mean, not how they wanted it to happen. No, you're probably right. This is Another a great shot. Ball. This is totally a Sam Raimi shot they stole from Evil Dead because Sam Raimi was their good friend, and this is right out of Evil Dead. The dead eye cam, especially since it pans in on someone screaming. That was awesome. So apparently, they were editing Blood Simple while he was editing Evil Dead Two or One. Mm-hmm. I think One. I'm not sure which one, but they're all friends, and um, so that was pretty cool. I'm really looking forward to doing. I mean, at some point. Got to got to scale back the podcast a little bit, but the Coen Brothers because there's so many of their movies that I've seen once that I really like, especially the early stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Blood Simple and Barton Fink and there's so many of their stuff and... that I there's such little of their stuff I don't like that I'm looking forward to rewatching those. Oh, movies I actually um... oh their wedding photo that's cool. There's actually a lot of their movies that I don't really like, but I mean there's I think there's just a couple that are like objectively kind of not good, like Intolerable Cruelty and. Mm-hmm. Whatever, but then there's other stuff that like I just didn't click with. Like I didn't click with Inside Lewin Davis, but oh, I want to rewatch I love that. that. So. I didn't really click with Burn After Reading. Oh, didn't I? Didn't really like that either. But you know, this guy looks like uh, what's his name, John Michael Higgins, the guy from the Christopher Guest movies, a little bit. Okay, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, a little bit. Also doubles as the. Uh, Announcer alongside Elizabeth Banks in yes yes Perfect. yes he looks like an older maybe his older brother or something. Um, I wonder. I mean, this guy's in a bunch of stuff too, but I don't feel like I've seen him lately in anything. <laughs> I like that he's still selling. Like his his one of his five babies 
was kidnapped, but he's still the consummate businessman professional. Yeah, that's uh, the Arizona way. Like, this is also great um, sort of, like, Southern culture, too, Going, you know what I mean? Like, it's a great Southern film, American South kind of stuff, just... Like, aside, I, I don't know, because, like, I feel like aside from the accents, like, they're everyday people. Like, this is just something, this could probably take place in the North, but... Sure. I mean, this is, but this, I love, this is Fargo in the South. Yeah, there you go. That's great. Good way of putting it, I think. Although Fargo's a lot darker than this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, this movie, mm-hmm. about a movie for a guy steals still, a baby and then is yeah. pursued by a, a killer madman. I can't think of another happy kidnapping film. I'll give you that. Well, I think I talked about on... Oh, it was on an episode of High School Slumber Party, which you might have listened to. It was our last picture show episode with uh, Tobin. Okay. Um, the contenders joined us, joined me and Brian. And I was talking about there was this class I took in high school called The Art and Craft of Film, where we watched like 15 movies in a, in a, in a marking period, in a, in a quarter. And this was one of them. And this was like the first, the first time yeah. I ever saw this movie. And he was like, this is an example of a black comedy, which I had never heard of before because I was just a dumb kid. Huh. And... I was like, I don't know what this is, but like, I I want to see more movies like this where it's just like so serious and so dark and weird, but also like just the funniest movie of all time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh. Trivia, we we just saw it. I don't know if you heard it. I don't know if you read it, but do you know what Nathan Arizona's original name was before he changed it to Nathan Arizona? Oh no, I missed it. I Nathan Huffhines. Huffhines. Tommies. You know, they remade this movie today, which I hope they don't. Like, I could see John Goodman doing this role. That's not a bad call. I could see the guy from the coach from Friday Night Lights. Oh, sure. TV show. Kind of reminds me. Also from Game Night. God, what's his name? Game Night, yeah, the big brother. I liked him a lot in Super 8, too. That's where I, because I didn't watch Friday Night Lights, the show, but. Show's very, well, the show. Uh, I I saw the movie. I love the characters of the show. The show is not always great. Hmm. First season's really good. Uh, highway Patrollers. <laughs> Another bunny. This guy hates bunnies. This would be a good cosplay. There's a good tattoo. Mom yeah, they showed that before me. when he was right before. Like basically, his justification. Ew, look at oh, that paper towel. So, oh, there's a Kilroy was here on the. Uh, so uh, maybe if I just get tattoos from. From this movie? Or from Cage movies. Like, instead of an actual tattoo of Cage, like, get this guy's tattoo, get their... See if there is... It's tattoo. mirrored. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's mirrored, but it's that's the, you know, we aim to please... Paul Maid comes back again for a big time in Oh Brother, which the other Coen movies, Oh Brother, were yep. like that, where he needs also his Dapper Dan. Yep. It looks like they're just he's just eating a bowl <laughs> of milk on the left, but... It's like wheat. Cornflakes... M&M's. It's funny how they sneak in their product placement like that Coke can, and it doesn't feel um, forced or anything. A little bit of Coke for breakfast, that's always good. Fruit, is there any peach in it? No, I don't see a peach. It looks like it might be fake fruit. Tang. Tang. <laughs> now in the cornflakes, that shot is starting to feel like Jaws 3, where the brothers are having breakfast, and they're like, can you pass me the skippy peanut butter? <laughs> It's not quite that bad, but it's pretty bad. There's like a thousand items in the frame. Cage, you going to take a bite of that? Cage hesitates.
<laughs> Sugar in there. I Even like put... the, you know, for for how wacky this is, just like the subtle, you know, acting like his facial expression there. It's just like so good. It's just, or just like, oh, why'd you say that? Like now, like you know, now I got to answer to that. And I feel like they got people who were just able and they they all sort of have like these rubbery expression faces going on like even you know John Goodman and stuff like I don't know they're all doing a lot and it feels effortless it just feels like there takes an effect to, like John Goodman's smoking while he's eating and he's not missing a beat you know what I'm saying yep. and like you're high <laughs> panicking a lot and stuff so so update to what I was saying before, the subtitles, it's when they say it high, it's capital H lowercase I. But when they say H I, it's capital H space capital I. So the subtitles accurately reflecting what he's called, so That guy's in Christmas vacation. A woman is attacked. I'm gonna cross that off, mm-hmm. he just spanked her. And that's um that is the uh she it's um what's her name? From Fargo, right? She ends up marrying one of the Cohen brothers, isn't that her? That's in Francis McDormand? Isn't that Francis in a wig? Is it? Yeah. Check it out. I don't think so. Yes it is. Is it really? <laughs> it's Francis in a wig. Are you sure? Yeah, and when you know that, you'll see it. See, now you can tell. I never knew yeah. it. I haven't I didn't know that for the longest, longest time. But this is one of her Crazy. That's some real uh, Tilda Swinton shit. <laughs> Isn't it? Francis McDormand. Dot. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Those, there's some gold earrings. That's funny. They're like big big wedding rings that she's wearing from her ears. Very symbolic. Oh, the kids are crazy. <laughs> more Oreo product placement there. I like the Arizona poison control flyer on the... Uh, on the fridge there. I don't know. Growing up, like, I remember we always had, like, uh, things like that on our fridge. Like, like not... what to do if you ate poison? Yeah, but also just, like, from the neighborhood watch yeah. tips and things. It's important to know. Stranger danger. Cage drinks alcohol if you uh, if you didn't cross it off earlier. Oh, I'm going nuts seeing products that have snuggy fabric softener behind Cage. <laughs> this guy... <laughs> We never find out why uh, H.I. has that scar on his face, do we? No, no. Just like a, a life lived. But I like how his hair has been cleaned up, you know? Like, look yeah. at his hair now. Tamed. Because this is like the more refined look. Because even at his wedding, he just sort of had it like slicked back. This is actually like sort of styled. <laughs> the kid's wearing a Budweiser hat and the dad's drinking the booze. <laughs> Wait, so how do they have five kids? Must have been after, I guess. Right? Heart on the outside. Ooh, boy. Crazy world. <laughs> it's uh, pretty windy out today. I thought that was rain. Fart. He just threw stuff at his own son. Just like a handful of candies. Are those pickles on the, uh, it's like pickles and... It pickled something, for sure. And, uh, peppers, it looks like. Yeah. Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers. Is that a, 
Oh, it's an orange behind him. I thought it might have been a peach. peach like a peach magnet? Yeah. There's a lemon. Well, am I a... No, it's an orange, I think. I think you're right. I like that this guy's wearing... Like, his outfit kind of reminds me of, like, um... You know, those blue tuxedos that people wear to the prom? One of my friends actually got one of those. They're like those baby blue tuxes. One of, the, one of your five dads? Um, a different friend. No, yeah, he was one of the original five, but he, he's the mm. one that that stopped... <laughs> God, I can't believe that's Frances McDormand. It's crazy, right? Because, like, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen her. Like, I'm, I'm sure that she wears makeup in every movie, but, like, the right. amount of makeup she's wearing in this yes. movie is probably more than every other movie mm-hmm. combined. She is, like, super dolled up, and that hair does a lot of work. And the earrings, and, the, like, the gold necklace, and... Wow. And just that, I just not like any other role that she's been that she's done before either. Like she's never this hyper, which is great. Oh jeez! I mean, she'll be she'll be pregnant in another Coen Brothers movie that we were just talking about, like in eight years and in Fargo. So, or nine. And years, then Holly Hunter goes on to be the latest Ma Kent, which was. Crazy, like I couldn't believe that. Right, that's her. Right, like she gets like blown up at the Senate or something. <laughs> oh no, that was that's who she was. She plays the lady blown up at the Senate. Yeah, she's not Ma Kent. She's not Ma Kent, but she's in Dawn of Justice. Ma Kent's Diane Lane, right? Diane Lane, that's it from uh, another Cage movie, Rumblefish. Oh, another why. Cage movie. It's getting my cage wires crossed, but. It is weird that they're both God, in like that it's movie. It's just so cool that they're like they're clearly out in the middle of the, the, the American mm-hmm. Southwest, just like shooting in front of mountains and cactuses, cacti. Look, look at those pants. Yeah, this is, that's some clueless plaid right there. Like that outfit shouldn't work, and I don't know that it does, <laughs> but it also kind of does. I always love those, uh, like that shirt, the outside shirt he's wearing, which is, almost looks like a towel. Yeah, like it's made out of a towel or something. Like I know this was a it's an eighties film, right? But it feels like it takes place in the seventies or something. Or that they're just that's their fashion sense, is they're behind the times. Yeah. Why is he carrying flip flops? I don't know. Because isn't he wearing his he's also wearing shoes? Get us. Holly Hunter, of course, also plays uh the mom in The Big Sick, which was my favorite movie from twenty seventeen. Plays Emily Whatever they called Emily Gordon in that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Plays that was mom, good. I've only seen that once. I should check that out again. I saw it in theaters though. Makes me cry. Oh yeah, it's a real out of, jerker. Out of really out of happiness at the end. I mean, it's a pretty heavy flick. It is. Oh, they're swingers. Oh, the swingers like, yep. Mm-hmm. Almost an awkward sex scene, but I can't cross it off. If, I know he's going to cry, but I, what is, I'm trying to think if he stands on something weird enough to mark. Not yet, I don't think. No, not for... I don't know what it could be, either. If it's do, you, like, do you think a shirtless baby counts as nudity? I, was, bingo board? I don't know. I mean, if you want it, I got it, too. It's offensive, Kate, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't think anybody would ever look at a baby and be like, look at that nude baby. You know what I mean? So, oh, saying that like the baby's naked, kind yeah. of. Yeah, unless he was like fully naked. Like a shirt. Like if anybody else gets shirtless in this movie, 
<laughs> That's one thing. Not enough babies wear hoodies, I don't think. They look adorable in hoodies, too. Uh, this is a dark moment here. This is where he robs the... Uh... But it also leads to the greatest car chase in... Or not even just car chase, just the greatest chase in history. Cage didn't really break his nose. He ran into a tree getting away from Cage. Yeah, but it was the he was the cause of it, I guess. Well, no, the, the cause of it was the guy saying, you know, I want to sleep with your wife, and Cage rightfully getting upset. Yeah. Oh, I, I hear you. I'm on, I'm, I'm on that side. You're on the right side of history. <laughs> the Cage side. Mm-hmm. Team Cage. I'm surprised Cage hasn't left maniacally yet. I guess he hasn't really been happy this entire movie. Like, no. He, he doesn't live he a thought, happy life. He thought that uh, the homestead and uh, getting a kid and having a family life and all that thing was what would bring him happiness. But some, I guess sometimes what you want isn't going to get you happy. This is what really makes him happy here. I'll be out directly. <laughs> the short stop again. Is this a real... I don't, I don't think so, but I think it's the... I wonder if it's the same one he keeps robbing. <laughs> I'll be taking whatever you have in the register and these huggies. <laughs> Those pantyhose do a really good job of concealing his hair, which is probably his most identifying feature, aside from his scar on his face and his hmm. tattoos. And One of my favorite lines, I think my favorite line of this movie is when he... Uh, it's coming up in the sequence when he says, Just drive fast. <laughs> Son of a bitch. You know, Blu-ray really is crazy in the size of TVs and stuff because I never noticed that this convenient clerk's name is Whitey and it's perfect because he's basically an albino. Yep. <laughs> like, The first time in history that Cage actually has like a competent getaway driver, and it, you know it doesn't yep. even matter. Bang! All right, Whitey, with those braces and the acne and everything, eighty-six oh. cents a gallon for gas. <laughs> the cop hanging out of the way, <laughs> falling out of the car, just so, just so Keystone, just incompetent. So I guess he left the bag of money at the convenience store, so he just... He just got the huggies. On the, he's on the... I mean, it's, it's armed robbery for a $20 purchase, whatever they would have cost back then. Oh, cops. I was just about to say they got the worst aim. Here's a good look, too, coming up. <laughs> but they will pick up those diapers later. Don't you worry, watcher of this movie, listener to this podcast. This is cool. It almost Little becomes dog. like the gauntlet. Uh, I thought you could say this dog like, jumping. Oh, the at dog's them. great. Yeah, no, yep. but this whole thing where he like has to run through backyards, Ferris Bueller style. Yep. <laughs> is this Cage working out? Mm, no, is this? I guess there's a difference Cage between working runs. out. And Do you have Cage Cage no, running? I don't. There's a difference between like working out and exercising though, because this is exercising, but it's not really working out. Like, working out, I yeah. feel like, is intentionally, like, Work, yeah. little junior bench-pressing a stripper. Exercise could be a byproduct of doing stuff. I might, want, I might change that one, depending. Circle that Here one we too, go. Then. It's going to say, just drive fast. 
<laughs> so good. And now all the dogs, all the neighborhood dogs, are going to follow. Oh, this is great! The this one pack. dog. Yep. So cute. <laughs> so now we've got three cars and a pack full of dogs. Right? There's like, a cop car. Yeah. There's Holly Hunter. It's almost like Joey. It's almost like an ideal Rube Goldberg action sequence, you know, like the way things keep compounding and crashing into each other and colliding. It's like what the opening to Superman three should have been. Yeah. <laughs> like, like this whole sequence is just amazing. Although the opening of Superman three is perfect. So, Oh, baby, that's some like Amy Heckerling level baby directing Acting, right yep. there. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> cage points. Did you have pointing? I don't have cage points on okay. here. That is a bingo card or bingo square, though. That was a great point, too. I always love... I mean, this happens in not a ton of movies, but a lot of movies where they're running, like in The Matrix, mm-hmm. when they're running through houses, but like... A house that he's never been in. He's trying to make sense of like the floor plan and like you know what I mean. Like there's, a, I mean, there's probably always like a back door or multiple doors or whatever. But if they, like there's a chance like there's just the one door in. Like you could just like run into a house and like have to go back out the way you came. It's a risk. Yeah, it's a it's a heavy gamble. But a lot of houses. I mean, there's also oh, a big sequence like great. that in Aquaman, which I won't spoil. No, don't spoil anything. I, have, I unfortunately have not had the chance. This is a great way to switch to Muzak. Mm. <laughs> More pickles. More screaming ladies. They all got the curlers in their hair. I mean, it's late. I, it's I late could see him running by Lebowski sniffing milks. Like that. <laughs> A oh, preview. Here come the dogs. But. I like that even, like, I guess this is Arizona, but, like, even, like, the, you know, the, the manager of the supermarket has, like, a, a shotgun. Yeah. And it's just, like, willfully taking out. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's exactly what you're talking about, right? The, mm-hmm. the Rube Goldberg, like, her running into him with the cart and being chased by the dogs. and Hey, kitty. Come here, bud. Come on. Hi. We haven't recorded to... here in a while, so we haven't... You know, my cat has not made an appearance on the case over visited in quite a while, but here she is. She's back. Thank you, kitty. What do you have to say about Cage? It changed. We had a real uh, Cage... A cartoon Cage face moment where he, like, basically has his, like, his face reset, where you know, he's, he got his clock cleaned, and he just mm-hmm. sort of has, like, the pieces have to come back together. I'm okay. You're okay. That sounds like the end of Rocky Four. If I can change and you, you can, can change, change, everybody can change. Yeah. Movie ends. And uh, yep. Cue closing montage. And there we go. Scoop up the diapers. And run the stop sign. I don't think I ever caught that. Is she still a cop? 
or did she retire? Yeah, I don't think so, right? I can't. I don't know. I th- she still has a uniform, though. She puts it on at the end, and, and she's set decoration the with the, the beer cans mm-hmm. everywhere, the cheese balls everywhere, like in the background, in the foreground. She's got the crazy, you know, floral patterns too, but like it, it looks normal on mm-hmm. her. Her hair's starting to match his hair, though. Like they're becoming. One. She's picking up his bad traits and stuff. That is some couch too. The cushions and everything. I just love like the old timey couches, like when like when like you know Afghans, like those like you know hand knit blankets and stuff like that. It's just a different time. Wait, is Nathan Arizona that he's a car salesman for his furniture? Furniture, salesman, right? yeah. You think they bought these furniture, this furniture from the Arizona? <laughs> That'd be funny. From Nathan Arizona? Oh, his white shoes ain't so white already. Those were white? Yeah, those were white when he put them on when the friends came over. He was using that extra long shoehorn. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty cool. It's. Trying to make out what those things behind John Goodman are, but like the, like the dolls. Yeah, but uh, I think they're just like Native American. Mm. Oh yeah, Arizona mm-hmm. type stuff. Oh, there we go. Get down. Oh, look at his uh, calculator watch. Remember those? Mm-hmm. I those never had crazy. one. That's like the iWatch of the day. You know, this is, in a way, sort of like a precursor, in, in in a sense, to Wild at Heart, where he's also desperate for money and, you know, yeah. willing to rob a place because he's got some bad influences in his life. Bobby Peru. But thank God these guys are not Bobby Peru. Oh, also, Oof. not a spoiler, in Aquaman, Willem Dafoe is in the movie. I they, know that. They that de-age much, him yeah. at one point like, oh, okay. in a flashback. And he looks and just, like Bobby just, like, Peru. Well, he doesn't, nobody looks like Bobby Peru, but I was just thinking, like, <laughs> oh, that's about the age of a Bobby Peru. Uh-oh. Um, but, you know. I was thinking that now that they're de-aging everybody, you could do any story, you know? Like, you could finally, with that Black Widow movie, you could find out what her and Hawkeye were talking about all the time. Like, when they mentioned... Uh, like their past and stuff. I don't know. Well, there's that. I don't know if you've seen the movie. There's the movie called The Congress, which came out like five years oh, ago. Oh, not yet, but Wright, I'm aware. Yeah, where yeah. she basically sells her likeness to a movie studio and gets yeah. like a lot of money up front, but then That's crazy. Gets, doesn't get any, really any money, and they're able to like do any any era, any stage of Robin Wright's career because she plays herself essentially in the movie. She plays Robin Wright. Yeah, and she sells her likeness like she gets scanned into the computer, and, like she does all these like facial expressions. And then they make just make all these movies with like a, a computer version of Robin Wright, and that's I mean we're not that far away. Like there's like the deep fakes and stuff like that with like machine learning technology right now, literally now where they do all like the, the short things where they put Nicolas Cage in Raiders of the Lost Ark or whatever. But you know, in all these major Hollywood movies, sometimes to good effects, sometimes to not good effects. Mm-hmm. Look at Star Wars for both exa- both well, examples. Yeah, but I mean, there's funny. Some guy did a trailer online of Star Wars, and he put he. Uh, DH like Harrison Ford and like put him in the shots where it's the new guy in Solo stuff. yeah in as Solo, they, they read yeah. it Solo with Harrison Ford yeah but like and that looked good I was like well alright well like if a guy at home can do yes. this imagine what they could have done at IML, ILM uh, but yeah and yet they still have grandma, uh, they still have what's his name Tarkin was he yeah. the one the computer mm-hmm. guy who right. terrible I mean better with every viewing but again not a great idea jarring not necessary but in that same movie, they also have, I think it's the same movie, they have yeah, the Leia. picture, and she looks good. Well, she's only there for like a split second, too. That helps. 
and like the movie's over before you have a chance to go like, wait, what? They're making me hungry. <laughs> you know, so many other people have eaten on this movie. I don't think I don't know if either I missed it or Cage just hasn't eaten yet. But I have a Cage eating square that has not gotten crossed off yet. Hey, kitty. That's cool shot where he's just like between mm. the the, the bar- basically the literal the metaphorical barrel of the gun. I seem to have misplaced my marker somewhere. That's right there. Oh, okay. No, no. He's, he's, he's writing his dear John letter. His dear Jane. Dear Jane. <laughs> is that what it is? That it? Then? I guess. I mean, dear John letters that you know came at the time before. I guess women were like either allowed in the military or like common in the military. Now they just send a text. So it wouldn't be really necessarily mm-hmm. be a Dear John or a Dear Jane, but... There was a show, Dear John. There was a movie, Dear John. A Channing Tatum, uh, Channing Tatum <sighs> movie, Dear John. Why would you build... I mean, I guess just... Oh, we used to build drunk. beer pyramids. Yeah. I like he's using a newspaper as a blanket. All these little details. Yeah, those guys are gross. Huh? <laughs> right? They're just like... <laughs> they look like they crawled out of a dumpster. <laughs> Tempe Intelligent... The Intelligencer. Where is Nathan Jr.? Twenty-five grand is a pretty big reward. Whitey, reading jugs, tits times two, and the massive melons of Molly M. <laughs> That's like a foreshadowing again to Big Lebowski with their porno joking stuff. That didn't win though. What? What? What's the first? So now, if you're listening to this, two days ago, Kyle and Brian put out their first episode of P.S. I still love Hoffman. Which uh, Boogie Nights won that, I think, right? Oh, Boogie okay. Nights was the first. It wasn't Schuler. No, I think no. That wasn't even an option, was nope, it? It was not even an option. I voted. I told them I voted for uh, Almost Famous. I think was what I voted for. Okay. Because um, I thought I thought it would have been cool. Again, nobody thinks this is cool except for me. So that for them to work their way through their intro, because it like starts off with like Iggy oh, Pop, Amen, cool. start with Almost Famous, and then just you know. The next Work one, the way next through. one, how's the peeping? Yep. And then shut, 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 shut up. But, you know. That is some bad cage handwriting. I never, no, that I must be it. his real, I mean, it is what it is, but like, I, someone make a font out of that. Yeah, I know. I wonder if that's his handwriting. Like, I, I always wonder like in movies, though. like, if that's his handwriting or if that's like him in character's handwriting. You know what I mean? So. Hmm. Honestly, who can say? Oh, wait. Why didn't he just get the... Oh, that's right. He has to camp out and, like, meditate about it and be all weird and shit. Well, so that actor, that's Randall Tex Cobb, I think, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Playing uh, Leonard Smalls. Leonard. One of my favorite podcasts that just ended, or they, they ended their, their sort of main run... Uh, Pistol Shrimps Radio with Matt, Gar- Matt Orley and Mark McConville. They they called uh, women's rec league basketball games in L.A. for the the Pistol Shrimps team, and there is they they added two women to the team. I think either this season or last season, and they didn't know their names, so they called one Randall Tex Cobb, um, and they still continue to call her Randall Tex Cobb even after they knew her name. They also uh, called one Han Maboogie from that scene where Jabba oh, Han is Han. Maboogie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, extra scene in the special edition of A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Pistol Shrimps Radio, gone but not forgotten. I love it so much. Shout out Matt and Mark. 
I know, I know you're listening. <laughs> They're not listening. No, oh, that is listening. some. Are you listening? Guy. Email mailbag at cageclub.me. Let us know. Who's listening? You know, I we, I think we've talked about this both on air and off. Like, I, I would I really. It's important to me that people listen to our actual shows. Like these, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's less important because we're just watching right. the movies we're hanging out. You know, what I, mean? Yeah. I mean, like I, I still, I would love people to listen to these and actually, you know, right. listen to these as they watch the movies and hope they they pick up a little, uh, you know, pick up things in the movie and so on and so forth. Well, but I almost feel like if we had known that Cage was going to release so many movies over the past two years, like maybe we wouldn't have done this to keep the feed alive so soon. But like I, I still enjoy doing them, and so. You know, you never know what they, you know, just get that content out there. Whatever idea you have, do it, and someone might be into it, so. Never well, know. I mean, by the end of the, by the end of today, we're going to do this one, we're going to, we're going to record two more today, which are going to come out there. The three in January are going to come out, that we're, the, the three that we're recording today are going to come out this January, um. But we're going to be at episode 40 by the time we're done, so. Nice. You know, we're, we're, we're not quite halfway done, and by the time we catch up, you know, there's going to be another 10 or 15, maybe, but, which is crazy. But there's, you know, we're we're almost, you know, halfway. So it's uh, we're getting there. Yeah, we're getting Kitty? there. Kitty, Kitty doesn't like me. Well, she likes she's she likes people. She just, you know, yeah. She's more. I like her eyes, though. What's up? What's going on? So she, so a lot of different things. The uh, they think one one vet thinks that the 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 muscles around this eye have sort of deteriorated, so it doesn't hmm. close as much. But you know. She can still cool. see. She's still good. Her left eye is normal. Her right eye is just a little, you know, a little big. Her little people big. Yeah. They're talking about you. Chatting. Come on back here. Those are some teeth this guy's got. Did not expect him to be so literate when he spoke, you know? Like, he just seems like a grunter. Sure. But he makes, like, a whole deal and everything. But I think that's also kind of the the whole thing in Coen Brothers movies, is that nobody's really what you expect, right? Mm. Yeah. Like, Leonard Smalls is maybe the most intelligent person in this movie. Maybe Holly Hunter. But he looks like he's right out of Thunderdome. Yeah. Which, again, have to say a little bit of disappointment that there was not more actual Thunderdome in Thunderdome. So, apparently, there was a prequel comic to Fury Road, and Max goes to some town, I think it's the Bullet Town, that they mention in the movie, uh, and or he goes to some place in between films, and they have, like, Super Thunderdome. Okay. Um and it's just more people and, like, more weapons. And it sounds cool, but it, it was like, yeah, it was, like, more of a thing from town. It wasn't just that one barter town. It seems like it was the main entertainment everywhere you went in the uh, wasteland. Or gotcha. Something. But I agree. You could have just stayed at barter town. It's it's sort of two movies mashed into one, but I like it. Well, I mean, it's just like in the old Roman days, right, the bread and circuses. That's just, mm-hmm. you know, food and I think the thing, murder. the problem, not the problem, but, like, something that a lot of franchises ran into back in the day especially up until like even the early 2000s is they didn't know they were allowed to make more than three movies that people would accept that it just was like common really well it just felt like well you're just gonna do three i even feel like up until x-men the last stand they're like we better 
cram everything into this one because we're not going to do another. And if we do, we're going to have to start all over because we've reached part three already. And it's so such a horror movies. Like what? What reached more than three? The Superman, Superman, Alien. Yeah, mostly you know, like a lot of sci-fi and uh, superhero stuff. I guess is like mainly it. Um, but more stuff didn't. I think is like to the point. It's like. You know, Matrix felt like, well, we have to just do three. Whereas, like, nowadays they'd be on part six or seven. I also wonder, like, you know, in terms of, like, caution, I drive naked. In terms of movies that are. Not saying that sci fi movies are bad, but I feel like, in general, the average sci fi movie is probably worse than the average non sci fi movie. Mm, Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. But what I'm trying to say is, I wonder if, like, quote unquote, good movies have four movies worth of story to tell. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, some people don't think The Godfather has three movies worth of story to tell, you know? But, like, I feel like they should have kept going and do a show. I hear what you're saying, though. It's tough. It's just... It's really... You don't know until you get into it, right? Until you make that second one. Yep. Because, I mean, we all know Look Who's Talking should have stopped it, too, right? I mean, they basically should have just stopped at one. They could have, but it's just such a cash cow. I don't think the Coen brothers ever done a sequel. They've done remake once or twice. Yeah. But we'll get to that on Hanks. We'll get to one of the remakes. That's one of the Coen brother films I've never seen. Intolerable Cruelty? No. Um, the Lady Killers. Oh. Well, they're both remakes, I think, right? Or no? Oh, yeah. But so is um, True Grit. So that's the other one I was thinking of. Oh, Trailer Fight. Wait, Joel Cohen wrote Bridge of Spies? Oh, cool. I know they have a couple writing credits for movies they didn't direct. There was one Cameron Diaz. They remade, They wrote the remake to... Starts with a G. Used to star Michael Caine. Oh, man, I can't remember. But they, re- they, they wrote a remake. It, it was a... It never came out in America, though. That Gambit? Was, yeah, Gambit. And it, it never came out in America. Colin the, Firth, Cameron Diaz. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I saw that. I don't think it was very good, but I don't remember. I don't remember. The original is pretty great. So like, they wrote but did not direct, I don't think, Suburbicon, because it oh, was Clooney, Bridge of Spies, right. Unbroken, Gambit. This is at least Joel Which Cullen. one's Unbroken? That's the Angelina Jolie one. Okay. Where she directed it, I think. This is a great fight, just like Kill Bill predecessor. You know, not enough not enough fights in trailer par- trailers. You know, it really looks like so yeah, I guess they wrote he wrote Crime oh, Wave. Woody Woodpecker 85. rug under him. You see it? Too. Yep. Oh yeah, Crime he's, Wave. He's so wide in this shot. Have you seen that yet? No. I have a copy on um Region 2. It's pretty terrible. <laughs> Pretty terrible. Yeah, it's directed by Sam Raimi too. It's hard to watch. It looks like cause up until maybe 2010 ish, it seems like that was the only movie that Joel Cohen had ever written that they didn't direct. And there's been a handful lately. I guess hmm. he's got maybe more ideas than time that he actually wants to direct. Maybe who knows? Yeah. They have now taken the baby. Oh man, he got red. Cage screams, exasperated, broken man. 
This is great. Know. She sees them and she's like, good, you know? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go get Nathan Jr. back. And I like that they cut ahead just like we don't mm-hmm. see the fight mm-hmm. that we know happened. I also like that he's back to original, like, Hawaiian shirt, mm-hmm. hair askew. Criminal, yeah. And she's more, you know, reserved. Three guns? Just keeps sticking guns down his pants. That is not how she'll be coming around the mountain. Well, it is in the south. No, I know. You can, whatever you want. I love to drive. (laughs) I hate to drive. I don't know what this, these people love driving. I do really like driving. I gotta, I'm going to drive. I'm going to spend a couple hours in the car and I go and pick something up for my sister for Christmas. Oh, yeah? I think. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll see. A couple hours. Well, it's an hour away. So an hour oh, and then okay, an hour okay. back. They're supposed to be brothers, right? That's their deal? I think so. They're great. They're such a great duo. What's the other guy's act? What's the other guy's name? Isn't that John Forsythe? Oh, what's he from? Um, hard to say. No, William Forsythe. William Forsythe. Uh, he's most known from The Devil's Rejects, but he's a sheriff. I Dick Tracy. Mm, Dick Halloween Tracy. He remake. plays Flat Top. Oh, he's in The Rock. Ernest Paxton. Okay, I think he's a GI or FBI guy. What has he G-Man. done recently? He's in. He's J. Edgar Hoover in The Man in the High Castle, that Amazon series about the alternate reality where the Nazis uh, win. J. Edgar Hoover's around in that universe? Okay. Yes. I didn't make it past uh, season one. I read the book, which was crazy. It's like an acid trip, but. There's been a lot of movies I've never heard of, a lot of TV shows for one or two episodes. Seems yeah, I always used to remember actor. seeing. Yeah, just popping up there in the 90s a lot, late 80s. He usually has a mustache. His voice is much deeper than this, usually. What was the movie? Willie's Worms. Or was there some movie that I was watching? Oh, no, it was Clueless. I was like, what movie did we just see where somebody has to, like, has to lie, lie face down in a parking lot and have oh, to yeah, count to 100? Sure. I was at Barnes & Noble the other day, and I saw the Clueless soundtrack on vinyl. Ooh. Almost got it, but just took a picture and sent it to you guys online. Baby on the roof. Oh, too bad it's not Cage standing on the roof because I need him standing on something weird. This is a cruise nection. No, Hank's nection. He knows you're alone. Where the guy is laying on the. Oh roof. my god! At the end of that movie, holy crap! That was crazy. That'll come out next Friday. Our first episode of Hank's the Memories. The second episode of the Tom Tom Club. Second different feed though. He knows you're alone. 1980. Tom Hanks film debut. Excited to get more into those. Oh, that's right. He's not even on the car. He's back. They forgot him entirely. I really do... (laughs) I'm sorry, Kyle, but John Goodman just reminds me of you in this scene screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Did you listen to the new High School Slumber Party yet? Uh, Oh, the opening is incredible. I know. I I want to duet on there. I can't sing, so I would never... I can't really either, but... but, I mean, I I sang my ho-ho-ho, but... I was the drummer, not the lead singer. We, uh, we, Mike and I recorded this. Both episodes are out now. We did the two-part Anna and the Apocalypse Christmas special, 
which is just down there. I guess it probably could have been one long episode, but I think, you know, without too many Christmas high school movies, mm-hmm. Brian rightfully or rightly split into two movies, which is Yeah, and he has cool this little um, cabin sketch going on at yep. the intro and outro and stuff. So. And uh, I... Mm-hmm. He, he messaged me a couple times while he was editing. He's just like... Because he tweeted about like how he was so excited to talk about it or whatever, and like, yeah, the director of the good. movie liked it. And he messaged me, just like, I really, really hope the director does not hear this, because like, you rip into the movie. And I was like, yeah, but I like the movie. Yeah, I mean, there's a different... We don't... I, I, no, I mean, you, you and I, I were much almost better entirely about positive. It, like, yeah, no, I feel like even though you were expressing its problems and shortcomings, it wasn't in like a... Like a bashing way, you weren't bashing the movie. Clearly, came from a place of like maybe not love, but like I like this. I I love the idea so much, yeah, that I want it to be a little bit better in one of like a few different ways. So, if you're listening to this podcast episode, what if that director that would be amazing? And just like I need to listen to everything. Incredible. What what other takes does this guy have? Like, what are the wrong ideas does he have? And he just listens all. So, if you're listening to this director's name, I do not know, which I will look up right now. I really, really like your movie. I just don't love it. You know what I was thinking of when we had the the Kajurama, John McPhail. Shout out John McPhail. When we had the Kajurama, um folks on the other day for Between Worlds, and we mentioned that our friends in um, UK might be driving to Kajurama. Like I, it made me like think about worlds like colliding in a way like that fans oh, yeah. fans of ours meeting but us not meeting them and stuff like that's pretty cool i also and this is not to correct you because i use it too and i don't know if it's right or not like do we have fans or just people like cage and listen to us you know what i mean like <laughs> i don't know I, I i like to think that maybe that they're fans i mean the they're definitely fans the, of the idea whether they're fans of us Right. Well, that's the thing. I, all right, again, friends, I, no, I, use, I, use, I use the same phrase. I you do know what it I mean? by, yeah, I think I do it by just accident because, like... It is an, it's an easy way to refer to yeah, a I, certain I, type of... I just meant the friends we've made, like, through the show and the network and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. Who I'd like to meet in person one day. It'd be cool to fly out there and go to Kajarama. I mean, it would be cooler for us to put on our own... Kajarama somewhere here in New Jersey one year or something. Yeah, but that's like, they, they have the access of actually being like in like the theater business, you know what I mean? Like they have the... the yeah, well we gotta get stuff. a hookup. That's all we need well, is we a connect. Morrison. Well, there we go. Maybe we could uh, program something at the Draft House in Brooklyn next year. Let's just get our foot in there. The problem is that with Caged 2, 3, and or 2 and 3... Yeah, we gotta find another go venue. And everything like... And the K-Drama, they're always around his birthday for obvious reasons, but I'm always in Vegas for work, for CES, which I'm there, not as this episode comes out, but very soon after. Mm-hmm. And I would love to talk to Larson and program like a de- like three part threes. Like you go for the afternoon and you watch three of my favorite third movies and do a third time's a charm day at the draft somehow. But wishful yeah, I, thinking. I wonder... What kind of pull we would need? Like, I think it's. Um, I think some of it might have to do with like renting and like licensing fees and things like that. Getting the films and stuff and like I know paying that you, for yeah, that. Yeah, like you can like the draft house has like you can rent like a party, right? And like mm-hmm. you can just show whatever movie you want. I guess, but but that's one. That's I'd rather have it be to the public. Yeah, you know whoever wants to go. Yeah, but. I don't know, because Larson has started hosting actual screenings and stuff now. Like, he's been bumped up a level, so who knows? 
I'm going to try and get him on for Starship Troopers early next year. So maybe we'll... Was it Starship Troopers 3? Oh, yeah. There's actually a really great anime that I've watched only the first episode of, but it's like super strict to the book. It's crazy. It's like a... It's like one of the most faithful adaptations, apparently. Even when you do the Chronicles of Riddick, are you going to count the Chronicles of Riddick as three, or are you going to count Riddick as three? Because there's like the pitch black, and then there's the the 40-minute or whatever. Oh, right. No, yeah, no. We just got to go by feature film, or else... So the new one is the third one. Yeah, so Riddick. Yeah. Unfortunately, because Chronicles of Riddick is just incredibly crazy. And feels more like the third movie, like... That that was the second movie is insane. <laughs> There's so much in there. Now they're uh, doing their old Robert thing. I was thinking, and this can be a this should also be an off-air conversation in terms of the the the, the schedule, the calendar for Cinemakers. Yeah, um, I want. I really want to get into. Uh, Hanks and Cruz before we start another one up. But yeah. you know, we have to figure out another one off, which we could do whenever. Then I was thinking maybe we could do, although I don't know if I want to do it, because we've already talked about three of the movies, and we're going to talk about a fourth relatively soon-ish in the next year or two. Um, the Wachowskis I really want to do, and then, which I think we would probably do without a guest, and then we could do another one off, and then we could maybe bring in Aizen for Karin Kusama. And then sort of balance things out in terms of male and female directors, mm-hmm. but again, that might not happen for a year or more. You know what I mean? Like right, I don't right. know. Did you get the baby again? <laughs> now he's on the roof. You never leave a man behind. Oh. Oh, what movie? I just I've been watching so many movies so, lately that I, there's <laughs> the nice guys. No, not is that. What I always think of when I think of. You know, the when he's like, hey, I'm just holding on to that for a friend. You don't want to open that. And he opens it, and then he's the blue face the whole movie. There's a movie... I think it might be Den of Thieves, where they have, like, they have, like, this, like, like liquid solution that they put water in, that they put, like, the, the packs of money in, and, like, it, it like, huh. basically pops the, the color pack. Oh, that's cool. So it's a way to sort of, like, wash and clean the bills, essentially. Um, Den of Thieves is... I mean, it's basically heat, I think... But it's also good. I mean, like, you know, he's good, but this is also good. It's it's uh, Gerard Butler, Jerry. Okay. In uh, one of his first and maybe only really good movies. Huh. Well, I, you know, it gets a lot of shit, but for what it is, I think 300's kind of cool. I like cool. 300. I love Gamer, even though Gamer's not necessarily <laughs> great. Um, um, he's in those uh, White House or... He's in a White House Down type movie, not oh, the good one, not the Fallen. Yeah, and then he's also in like the there's they when they go to London, London has fallen. Those movies are out of control. There's just too much shooting. I like the Channing Tatum one where he's protecting White Jamie Down. Fox. Get your hands off my Jordans. <laughs> That's one thing you know. I, I, I'm I'm really glad that Joe and I are focusing on Too Fast, Too Furious, Too Fast, Too Forever. You know the Fast and Furious franchise. More so than those, but I, there's so many, especially Channing Tatum movies that I really want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Gosling going new to old. I, f- I feel like you know I've seen a lot of Gosling's movies. There's ones of his that I really want to see that I haven't seen, like The Notebook. But like Channing has so many movies that I, I know we're going to get to, like that one 
or you know, like the vow with him and Rachel McAdams, which I've never seen, but I'm probably going to love because mm-hmm. I love her, and you know, that's going to be like a. One so of she does a movie with Channing and a movie with Gosling. I think they're, they're basically the same movie too. Mm. <laughs> this final battle is awesome. Yeah, my girl Rachel Rachel McKay. And that's how you get the drop on them. What? And that's how you get the drop on someone. So Simon Barrett, who wrote uh, The Gassing, wrote You're Next, and he wrote The Blair with the New Blair Witch, and like a bunch of movies, um, all with Adam Wingard. He also has written other stuff. He put out he puts out every year his top ten movies of the year list. Um and he said that this is the worst year in the history of movies, which I don't think that's true, but he also had Game Night in his top ten. And he said he said he gets angry at movies like Game Night because he realizes that big budget studio comedies can be good, but there's only what? like two or three that are like good like you know, because there's not that many great the, the people don't they don't make no but comedies like that anymore, you know I mean, there was a couple last year I feel like I really liked Fist Fight. I think like that movie brought it Ugh. yeah, I, I mean it was better than tag. No. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. But. I think they're both fine. Like, I'm not going to watch either of them again. But this year, like, to, to have not just Game Night, but I also think Blockers, like, Blockers to have really those good. two, like, to have two is yep. great. That's the thing. Like, there's just, there's... I mean, what does he want? Like, one year, fucking Tropic Thunder came out. You want that again? Like, no one wants that again. No, <laughs> cool, but I think that's what he's saying, that there's just not enough good ones. But there's, ne- that's, I just feel like they're never good. Like, look at like the ones that are popular, like Meet the Fockers or whatever. But, think that, like, that's, that's, that is but you're proving garbage. his point. No, yeah, I know. Well, so like when I don't understand why he gets mad when there are good ones. He should be happy about it. That because, they well, the- well, that I mean, I mean, he's not also. I mean, he also loves the movie. But he's just saying that like there can be good ones. So like, why aren't more? more oh yeah, good? I just the way I look at it is like they're just they're not they're just they're not funny. Like, they think they are, but they're not going to be good. And so then I go in with that sort of perspective all the time so that when they are good, I'm, like, doubly blown away, I guess. Like, with Blockers, I was like, there's no way. There's a butt-chugging scene in the trailer. How can this be a good movie? But I'm going to... I watched it. But it's, like, tender and sweet and funny. It's so nice and inclusive and positive. It's weird how how charming, I guess, it is. (laughs) Plus, I think John Cena is emerging as, like, the new sort of... Like, I think he's a little better than The Rock when The Rock debuted as in far of, in terms of crossing over to, like, he could do... But John Cena's also been around for, like, 12 years. And he's like, but he, he has a Marine in, like, 06 or oh, something? Oh, you're right. Yeah, he did sort of have his rock period where he was finding his way. Because he's also in Bumblebee. He's the main yes, military guy so in Bumblebee. Yes, that's the thing. Like, he's in that, and it's such a drastically different role than I would consider him in, in Blockers as the father... So, I just feel he's like he's got range. He's got good range that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, more than I was expecting. That he has any. Well, I just watched. I don't know if I, I don't know if you saw on Letterboxd, but I watched Uncle Drew, which was that. Oh uh, yeah, that movie. Which again, not great, but better than I thought it was going to be. But like, that's all you know. Former NBA players dressed up in old man makeup, but acting. And like Chris Webber, <laughs> he's really funny. But again, that might be just for the fact that like it's so low. Like when LeBron was mm-hmm. in Trainwreck. Oh, I was like, oh, worst. I'm so good in that. Oh, really? I thought, I thought he was, he was terrible. Really good I was like, he cannot read a line. <laughs> oh, look, his cut is open from his scar. Oh, no. Goodbye, Leonard Smalls. I'm sorry. Did he have <laughs> a bandaid on his hand or just the outline of a bandaid on his hand, a cage? Because, like, you could see a oh. bandaid, but I wasn't sure if it was actually a bandaid or just the... That's a good blown up 
blown up dude there. That's much better than Cage catching on fire in Between Worlds. Like, that's what should have happened. <laughs> he should have exploded. <laughs> Baby booties. Off the jacket of Leonard Smalls. I don't think I'm going to win bingo. There's only no, another ten minutes either. or so in the movie. Cage standing on something weird. A ladder isn't very weird. No. I got close, though. Closer than I've gotten recently. How many total... Not including the free space, how many total boxes did you check off? Eleven. I got twelve, yeah, so... Still lost, but... We're all losers. Well, here you are, Nathan, Arizona. I forgot that he confessed hey, at the end. It's a... Uh, Cabbage Patch Kids. I can see that. There's a couple here. There's another. There's a couple on the bed. I'm surprised. It's all over his face. The Dr. Spock book blown to hell. The same Dr. Spock book from... Look who's talking. Do you think this baby, when he grows up, like, well, I guess like, it gets into child psychology. Will he be impacted by this whole oh, ordeal? I mean, most definitely, right? Like, at some point, this is like repressed memories that are going to come through in ways that you can't even begin to think about, like, or fathom. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't know how it's going to affect them, but you know, like, this experience has changed him somehow. I like that Cage talks his way out of, like, getting, you know, prosecuted by just saying, you know, normally when you bring a baby back, mm-hmm. no questions asked. In that they don't situation. Say, yeah. And he puts the gun in the crib with the baby. That's <laughs> great. And just like, oh no, there's our meal ticket going out of the window. <laughs> that is a giant stuffed nutcracker soldier over there. Like, I guess it's not an. I guess it's just a British bobby, but like, I just no, every it time it's a nutcracker. It's kind of coloring yeah. nutcracker. This is where he pieces it all together. I wonder, like, why do they have the one fire truck bed? It's probably more of a play thing. You think? Until they're older. Yon window. Scripts in yon window. Great vernacular, just like, oh, he's wearing an Izod jacket. Mm -hmm. Just another Blu-ray, you know, 75-inch TV watching detail that you notice kind of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Bought an alligator. I ain't talking Lacoste. Kanye West lyric. Oh, no wonder I didn't recognize it. It's off Kids He Goes. It's off uh Is it off of College Dropout? Then I haven't heard it. Nope, it's off Kids He Goes, which is his, uh, his thing with Kid Cudi from this year. Which is very good. His album this year was sort of up and down. Judge Who Loves It. I was not. Su- I-, I liked it, but I wasn't super crazy about it. Kids He Goes was really, really good. Cud Life from season four, partly, of Comedy Bang Bang? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Shout out Cud Life. That's actually all I knew him from at the time. And then I started listening to some of his music. And then he saw... What was that terrible pizza movie that came out this year? Slash? Not Slash. Slash? I didn't see that. Did I? Probably not. It was not good. God, what was it? Paul Shear was in it? I think it was Kid Cudi. Came out like on, on VOD like a month or two ago. Um, Slice, obviously. Oh, pizza okay. movie. Slice. It's like a horror movie. It's like a... Sort of a meta comedy horror movie, which is. Oof. Have you seen Splice? Yeah, I hated it. But I only saw it in theaters. I saw it. I saw that movie uh-huh. after I graduated from college. I was working at school over the summer as a, re- a professional writing tutor, doing the same thing I was doing during the school year, getting paid twice as much, and basically with no work to do. We just hung out. We watched a lot of Thirty Rock, and <laughs> so I was staying there, and like you know, I was living on campus Monday through Thursday, and then going home for the weekends. And I was just like, I'm going to go see, you know, movies. And so I saw Splice, and I remember coming in the next day, and, like, my boss was a guy who loved movies, and especially loved, like, sci-fi and horror, like, old, old-timey, old like, you know, uh-huh. Bella Lugosi and stuff like that. So he, he I'm like, I'm like, I remember, I'm like, I hated, <laughs> I hated this movie. And he's like, why? Is I don't that remember hating movie? it. I just remember it being very weird and gross. I think that's, it's just like, I think it's just, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. That was also... Well, no. I mean, that was after I graduated, so I'd seen four. I had four years of movie watching in my in oh, my. Here we go. This is the uh, wrap up. My tank montage. They're going back to prison, and everyone really atoning for their sins on their own behalf, right? Like, yeah, they return oh. the baby. They go back to prison. So this is the thing, right? Maybe they sent this football, and he grows up to be a quarterback or a right wide receiver or something. So is this a Christmas movie? Technically, <laughs> you know, as much as like to all the boys I loved before is because there's one scene at Christmas. Sergeant Kowalski. <laughs> oh, that was the whole joke, right? Because like, he was right, like, because he was telling uh, yeah. Polish jokes. Mm-hmm. Which, as a kid, I don't know how that ever became a thing. Like, why why that country got singled out, but... That never offended me as a as a Polish person with a Polish last name. I was well, just like... I was more confused than anything. I was just like, yeah, why? Like, it, I think, you know, the Polish people I've met in my life are extremely smart. Like, you included. So, like, maybe well, that's the so thing. Much. But maybe it's that, like, you know, a reversal thing, like calling a short guy stretch... Kind I, of joke. I mean, I think it's also just <laughs> racism, <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's like against whites, so it's been hard, uh, harder for people to see, I guess, or oh, something. Man. I was so I was doing Christmas shopping, and there's like there's so my little tiny town has four antique shops because why? All right. And I was looking through one, and there was this one where I was just like, oh, I think these like cool old timey like postcards. I was just Uh-oh. like, oh, and they were. All racist, <laughs> like all like very like like very ghost world where you're like going through and it's like oh look at the old uh, chicken shack used to be yes almost exactly the, like the front was like this like cool like southern you know like swamp and whatever I'm just like oh like I don't know I don't, like mm-hmm. like it wasn't for anybody I was like oh these are cool then I'm back to just like this like overly cartoonish like you know heavy set black woman I was just like what mm-hmm. and then there's others that are just like basically exactly like ghost world like just like. How so, is this a thing? I've been thinking, like, if you see stuff like that, should you just, like, 
buy it and bring it to like a museum or destroy it you know like i feel like it should be out of the wild somehow you know what i mean like that it should if you see stuff like that try and get it into the right hands like a historian or someone if you I don't see know. something say something i don't know it's also a thanksgiving movie super old cage mm-hmm. he just sort of looks like uh gil Faison. i like how he got charmed i'm sure i like how he kept his hair though Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, because, like, on the one hand, <laughs> do I give that shop 15 or $20 to buy them all, and, like, they profit on it? Cause that might, That's true. You don't that want might to make them be it. like, you know... Yeah. It's... Yeah, I don't know. Just curious. You know what else I was wondering? How many languages can dogs understand? None. But, like, if you have a dog in any country and you tell it to sit in that language, it figures it out. Well, I mean, that's the same thing with humans. Like, if you, you know, if you... Because it's just, it's just repetition of the sound, right? Yeah. So, But, I don't know. It, can can dogs understand multiple languages? Like, if someone asked my sister's dog to sit, like, in, in Japanese, like, would it pick up on it? Uh, I mean, it's just about how it's trained. Like, if, if you raise a dog But that's in crazy, though. Like, America. it could potentially learn multiple languages, uh, sit, roll over, you know? Sure. But so could you. I know, but I'm just saying, like, I never occurred to me that a dog had that much ability, like, that you could train a dog in multiple languages. Um, it's true. Just, a, you know, thought it was pretty cool. So come back in two weeks for our Saturday Night Live episode. Oh. Cage hosting in uh, 88, I think. Are we going to do the other one last? We're going to do that one next? We're going to do that one next. Okay. Yeah, no, Saturday Night Live, nine twenty six ninety two. So see if you can find that online. I don't know. This might be one that it's a little bit more difficult to listen along to. So we'll have to maybe do some things a little bit differently on this episode. Skip by skit. But, yes. So go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email mailbag at cageclub.me, patreon.com slash cageclub. Pick what we do next. And until then, we'll see you next time. Bye. Later.